It has been said that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's human connection. Here, we connect anonymously. This is Addicts in the Dark with Quick Nick. So back with another hour, well, maximum of an hour, with one anonymous caller and their story about addiction. Addicts in the dark. Hey, Nick, what's going on? Not much, man. So you responded to an ad on Reddit and you mentioned you've listened to a couple episodes. So you know the deal. Just don't mention your name and don't get too specific on your location. As in, don't tell me the exact city you're in. But other than that, the floor is pretty much yours. Okay, great. So tell me about your addiction. Um, so, you know, I don't have an off switch, so video games can make my life unmanageable, you know, porn, gambling. Um, but it started off as, you know, I was prescribed Adderall at a super young age, I think like maybe fourth grade, something like that. Um, and, you know, I just did it just because, you know, the doctor told me to, you know, and so after a while, you know, it made me a zombie. I just, I didn't have any personality. I didn't have any friends, you know, so I just kind of started skipping it and I realized other people wanted it. So I would either trade or sell it for weed. And I realized weed calmed my brain down and all my, you know, my crazy thoughts, you know, so I started abusing that. And, um, you know, that's something I really enjoyed. I felt like I fit in more you know, with a, with a group of kids. Um, I started abusing alcohol too, but that wasn't really, I didn't really like how that made me feel. I didn't like being sloppy and, you know, throwing up and a headache and all that. So to fast forward, my first experiences with pain, uh, painkillers is, um, I got in a car accident when I was 17. Um, and I just, I fell in love with it and I just ran with it. Ever since then, I just, any, any painkiller I could get, I was abusing, you know, Percocet, um, Opana, Vicodin, whatever it was, I just, I needed it. And I thought, you know, for the longest time, like I thought I enjoyed getting high, but I really enjoyed staying numb, you know, like. I just couldn't deal with my feelings. I couldn't deal with, you know, myself because this is at a point in my life where I realized I was gay and I didn't, I didn't know how to, like, I just hated myself. And, you know, to kind of go back, like I was sexually abused as a kid and, you know, it, it had quite an effect on me. And so when I got older, I was like, do I feel this way? because I was sexually abused. Like, I was just super confused. I didn't know how to deal with any of those type of feelings. You know, and now, like, I can, I understand that I was born this way, whatever. But at the time, I just, I I hated myself. And I didn't even know myself. You know, I just couldn't accept myself. I just did whatever it was to get outside myself. 
but it's crazy because I'm like, like I said, like I didn't even think I had a problem. I'm like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not shooting dope, whatever, you know, like you just think you got your shit handled. But, um, and then, you know, I started selling drugs. So it, it just got super downhill from there just because I had, I was making so much money. I had all the drugs I wanted, like it was just an endless supply, you know, so I was just, it, it was just, it got really bad quick. And like, it, you know, I have family over in like Las Vegas and like Texas and New York. And like, I know, I realized the like, guy had a problem because like, I couldn't fly, I couldn't even travel without hiding drugs in my luggage, you know, everywhere I went, you know, and it was just, you know, and then it, there was points in my life where I was like, all right, well, maybe I should just move. Maybe like, you know, it's the people, places and things. Maybe I can just move away from my problems. And I tried that a couple of times, you know, and it's just everywhere you go, you bring yourself. So it's just. By the way, what type of drugs were you selling? Um, well, I was selling um, all types of pills like um, Percocet, Xanax. And, and, and it kind of, you know, it switches a little bit. Then I was selling Coke and. And it kind of, it was crazy because like every drug that I would start selling, like I would be addicted to. And there would be kind of like, I was, I was addicted to Coke for a while and I was able to kind of like wean myself off of it. But I would just, I still try to get outside myself. You know, I still use sex or, you know, uh, video games or whatever it was, you know, just to get outside myself. You know, so I moved, I moved like to different state, you know, try to like, have this fresh start but you know then like i said like everywhere i go i bring myself and my problems you know so it doesn't take long before i'm back in my old habits and then i saw the last place i was living or what the last state i was living was in north carolina and you know i didn't know anyone i was at first i was like all right i'll be good you know but you meet people and you know you just start hanging around the wrong people so i met some guys that, you know, had connections or whatever. And we started um, ordering stuff off the dark web. And we were ordering thousands of Xanax and just, you know, getting it shipped to here and there and whatever. We're, you know, you're getting them for a quarter, selling it for five bucks. You know, we're making like at least $25,000 a month. So like drugs and money are just not, you know, it's not a problem. Like I, I can get whatever I want. And it's crazy to look back because I was, I was a, just as dic- addicted to like the lifestyle and the chaos as I was to the drugs, you know, and that, that whole lifestyle was just addicting. But, um, so, you know, I do that for a couple of years, you know, and, you know, you think, I just thought like, I thought I was living the good life. That's how fucked up I was. Like in my head, I was like, I thought I was living a good life. And, um, and I still hadn't dealt with all my issues, like my personal issues. And, you know, I was, I just wanted to fucking stay numb. Those personal issues, particularly your sexuality, what exactly about your sexuality made you uncomfortable? Um, I, I think it was just because like, I'm not, you know, your stereotypical gay guy. Like, um, I'm very masculine, like, you know, and it's just like little, 
you know, you don't think like little jokes and opinions like matter, but like I, when I hear like people like making fun of or like, you know, jokes or whatever, I take it to heart, you know, and it just, it just made me shove my feelings deeper and deeper. So I like, it really, and, and honestly it was like, you know, I was sexually like when I was um, young, I was sexually abused by my stepdad. He committed suicide. And, you know, it just, I, then when I got older, like I thought that was the reason why I had these feelings toward men and I didn't understand it. So I just, I just didn't want to deal with that. You know, like if that makes sense, like I just didn't want to deal with it. Like I just wanted to push it off. And, um, and, you know, later in my active addiction, I started becoming more and more comfortable about it. But, you know, that was like one of the main issues why I abused drugs is the way I did. So I'm at this point in my life where I'm, you know, I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel all right with myself, but I'm at, I'm just so falls deep into this addiction that, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm fucking, I'm popping like 10 bars a day. You know, I'm just a fucking zombie at this point. You know, like we were just ordering thousands and thousands of Xanax off the dark web. And, um, it, you know, it, it, you know, it was like what you like, quote unquote, it was a good thing for a, a while, you know? And, um, and, you know, one day I just get, I get a text message from the the guy that, you know, he's a mutual friend, the one that's actually ordering it for us, right? So I get a text message from him and he's, he's just like, yo, like, um, there's going to be a package today that I need you to go, you know, get blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, I didn't even respond. I was pissed. Like I had shit going on. Like, um, you know, I just didn't want to have to deal with it, but I did. I just hopped in my car, like went to the house. I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and, um, and I, I'm like, I have the worst feeling in my gut. You know, I'm just like, I just feel sick and I'm just like waiting and waiting. Finally, like this buff ass black dude dressed as a fucking, um, mailman walks up to the door and he like hands you this package. And I'm just so shook. I don't even know what to do. I'm just like, I just kind of slowly grab it. I'm like, okay. And I just, I set it down. And just to clarify, I'm at a friend's house. I'm at a friend's mother's house with him. And so I just put the package down on the ground. And I'm just freaking out because I'm like, yo, like, that was not no mailman. You know, so I'm like freaking out. I start, I just, I just walk out front. And start walking up. It's like a dead end street. And I start walking up the road. And, um, you know, I'm looking down at my phone or whatever. And I look up and it's just like, you know, it's just like a fucking scene from a movie. Like 20 undercover cops, like a SWAT van. Like, you know, it's like dudes in suits, you know, like. Um, and it, the, the packages were coming from Canada. So it was like the ICE agency, you know, International Customs Agency, whatever. It was like a whole sting operation. You know, they delivered the drug and then they raided the house. So, um, fucking, it was just a nightmare. And, um, I, at that point, I'm just like, wow, my life is over. You know, I'm just like, it's a wrap for me. And, um, you know, I go to jail for a couple of days. I get bonded out. Um, and this is kind of where my addiction 
takes a turn for the worst. I have like a six month um, period in my life where I was on probation and like, and you would think it wouldn't because of consequences and this and that, but like, I was, I just, I, I thought my life was over. So I just, I wanted to, I wanted to escape even more, you know, even, you know, more than I was. So I get out of jail, you know, I get a job like two days after I get out of jail, you know, start working. Like things are all right. Like I'm not, I'm not like, I'm still like, I'm doing drugs, but I have to, like, I'm like weaning myself off of the Xanax. Right. But at this point, I don't even, I didn't even realize what I was addicted to because there was fucking, it wasn't alprazolam powder. I was addicted to fentanyl at that point. So, because they were pressing the fentanyl in the bars. So like. Sorry, I take it alprazolam is the generic name for Xanax. Right. But it actually had fentanyl in it to make it more potent and more addicting. Exactly. It was just, it was just awful. And then like at this point, you know, you know, pills weren't like readily available like they were. So I'm like, fuck. Like, you know, I start and I'm like, wow, like I would never do fentanyl or do heroin, you know, but I started dabbling in that just because like I didn't want to be sick. Like I didn't, you know, it just had this grasp on me that I couldn't help, you know, so I'm fucking, I start doing like little bits of fucking, you know, what I thought is fucking heroin, which I mean, (laughs) it's not any better, but uh, you know, heroin is less potent than um, fentanyl, obviously. And so, but I'm, I'm like starting to do, I'm like starting to dive in to do, um, fentanyl and it's like the scariest thing ever. And I don't even want to do it, but I, like, I, I try to go to work. I'm sick, like from, you know, the, the withdrawals, like I'm just miserable. So I just, you get in this cycle of like, you know, like you just battle with yourself. Like, I don't want to do this, but like, you know, I can't go to work sick. Like, and you just keep on buying it and it's just like. And then it's like months down the road and you're just like, you're not even like, I'm not even fucking, you know, saving any money. Like I'm just literally working to get drugs. Like I'm using to live and living to use like at that point, it is just hell, you know, having to like open up a restaurant, like dope sick. And you're, you know, it's just, oh my God, it's just the worst. I'm at the job that I got right out of jail, you know, and I'm fucking, I'm just abusing drugs. You know, I'm just trying to find like other ways to get money. And I, and I end up stealing from the job that gave, that fucking gave me a shot. You know, it was like, I don't, you know, like looking back at it, I'm like, wow, like I'm a fucking scumbag. But like, that, you know, this is just my story. And I stole, you know, I stole from the job. I get fired. You know, I'm like, I, at this point, I have a lot of friends, so like, oh, quote unquote friends, people that I thought were my friends, and you know, like, someone gets me another job, and you know, I start working again. You know, I think shit's sweet because I'm making like decent money, but I'm not saving any money. Like, I'm literally just spending it on drugs. Like, it's a nightmare. And you know that that happened. Uh, that that went on for a little bit, and I just it was crazy because it was Halloween, and you know, I had some money in my pocket and I lied to my boss. I was like, I was like, yo, I have like this dentist appointment. Like I need to leave early. I lied because I wanted to go get high, of course. And I think it was like karma. Like now looking back, I think it might've been karma, but like I did, I did like a bump, like not even enough 
I mean, it, obviously, if it was that not like it was enough, but I, I, I didn't think it would be enough. But like, I nodded out at the wheel and like just caused this huge car accident. You know, like the fucking steering wheel airbag like hit me in my face. Like it looked like I got beat up. Like that's exactly what it looked like. You know, and like not, it's just crazy because none of these consequences like made me want to stop. And and that's like the scary part, you know, because it's like, when is enough enough? And um, so I, I, you know, I get better, whatever. I, I keep working at this job and I just, I, again, like I just, I try, I think I'm smarter than everyone. Like I, I manipulate, like I'm fucking, I, I know like the, the manager codes, like I'm like deleting orders and just pocketing the money. Like it's fucking, it's just disgusting. And so I steal from another job that I had and you know they find out I get fired and I'm just you know I'm like fuck and I you know I get another job working at a a car dealership and everything you know I'm making actually good money at this point but you know still my addiction is just uh, it's my life is just so completely unmanageable at this point like it's just sad um and it's so hard to break that cycle with opioid addiction because not everyone can just go away for 30 days and not work and expect to be able to pay the rent. And even if you can, just because you've been detoxed from the drug doesn't mean you've been treated for the addiction. Right. So a problem that we have here in Canada where I am is that if someone decides to go into detox with methadone or some other form, when they're done, they're told, all right, we'll call you in two and a half years when a spot in treatment opens up. Exactly kind of crazy too because like like i've never done methadone but like they take the little swig of methadone like it's like liquid apparently and they go outside spit it out and then sell it like this shit is just it's just it's just insane but anyways um you know at this point like i don't even like i'm i'm just like so sick of myself you know i'm just I don't even really want to use this shit, but it's like, like you said, it's just like this never ending cycle that you can't even get out of, you know? And so um, I continue to work at the car dealership and like, and, you know, you, you talk or whatever and you realize like, you know, this is a bad environment to be working at because everyone around you does drugs, you know? And, you know, so I'm like starting to, you know, sell the people that I work with drugs just so I can, you know, get free drugs or, you know, make a little extra money. Like, you know, so it just, you know, we're all fucked up and it's just, it's just a bad environment. Um, but I just kept, you know, I just kept on, I couldn't get out of it. Um, and so, um, they lay me off because like they're closing down or whatever. Um, and this is in North Carolina. And, um, so I'm like, wow, like what the fuck am I going to do? Like, and meanwhile, like my mom, she's a nurse practitioner. So she like, no, you know, like, it's just like, I, I was so good at hiding it that like, she had no idea, you know, and it's just a phone call away. Like I have, I had people that would just front me stuff because they knew like I would pay them like, you know, within a week or two or whatever. So I just like, it just kept on going, kept on going. Like, it's just this never ending cycle for me. I, at this point, like I had nothing good in my life, you know, like I had, I was stealing from my mom. Like I, you know, I didn't, 
the, the people in my life that I thought were friends, they weren't really friends. Like we were just using each other in one way or another, you know, it wasn't like a genuine friendship, you know? So I just, I didn't have any friends. My family, I, I fucked the relationship up with my family. So, you know, they pushed me away. Like I would just, I, I was like living out of my car, but I, I still was getting money from unemployment. But I was so dude, it was just like I would literally just like just nod off in my car by myself. Like it was just it was just like the saddest existence, you know. You know, and at that point, like I'm like, all right, like I was like starting to think that maybe I should reach out for help. But um, you probably know this, like asking for help is one of the hardest fucking things to do. And it, and it's crazy because like not so much today, but like I I just like I put people on a pedestal and I'm like wow like their life's amazing like they have no problems like wow like but in reality like we all are fucked up we all got issues like some people are just better at hiding it than others you know so I I just I'm just at this point I'm at my bitter end too like I hit my bottom you know so I reached out to my mom and I'm like. I just, I just break down, you know, I'm just like, listen, like I need professional help. Like I, and at this point, I, I've never been to rehab. This is my first time going to a detox or treatment. And, um, so I'm just like, I need help. Like I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, my mom's like asking all these questions and I, I just, I broke down. I was like, listen, I don't know what to tell you because I don't know what the truth is. Like, cause I just, I would, I would lie about the dumbest things. So, I, I just break down and I'm just like, like, I, I just, I need help. Like, I don't know what the fuck I told you last week or a month ago or yesterday. Like, please, just, I need help. And, and, and maybe because, like the, the reason why I didn't go to treatment before this was because like I didn't have health insurance. Like I, I was, I couldn't keep a job more than like four months you know I was like robbing them blind or I was coming in fucked up and I was getting fired you know and I just I couldn't keep a job to get the benefits um so like I never had health insurance and I couldn't get the help that I really needed and so I had to take out a fucking loan to to go to treatment you know I like it was a lot of fucking money man like I had to pay out of pocket to go there and um I didn't know what to expect. Like, I just thought, I just thought, like, maybe I'll go there for 30 days, maybe, and, like, get this oil change and then come back and maybe be able to, like, use successfully. Or I didn't know what the fuck I thought. But, like, thank God, like, I was able to, I, I was, I just listened. You know, I just listened. I didn't have much to say just because I didn't know what the fuck I was, what was going on. And I just listened. So my therapist was like, you know, maybe you should, um, maybe you should go to halfway. Maybe you should stay down in Florida. Maybe, you know, maybe you should just stay down here and, you know, uh, create a, um, a foundation and, you know, go from there. You know, I just, I listened to all the suggestions. You know, I was like, all right, well, you know, why not? Florida's nice. Like, why not? So I, you know, I do that. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that helped me out was like, I didn't have to go out and and make more of my own mistakes. Like I was able to like sit and listen to all these people that been in and out of rehabs like three, four, five times. You know, they're like, yeah, like 
I went home. I, you know, I started smoking weed, but I ended up doing my, ended up back doing my DOC or like, I just was able to learn from everyone's mistakes. So I didn't have to go back out and like test the waters for myself. You know, so I, I just, I go to rehab, whatever, like, you know, get a sponsor, work steps, like, and I just did all that. And it was, it, it, I, I tried AA, but like, I didn't, I just, I didn't like to drink like that. And I couldn't relate to people in the rooms. So, you know, I got, I, thankfully like Narcotics Anonymous was like attractive enough. The people made it attractive enough for me to keep coming back. And like, it's, it's just the love and the support and like, you know, there's no judgment zone. And it's, that's, that's really what I've been looking for. You know, I, I really just wanted to fit in, like, and it's just like a breath of fresh air, um, being able to be yourself, being able to be accepted, you know, just like for who you are, um, the support is just overwhelming. You know, when I'm going through something like tough, like, I've, you know, and, and recovery is not fucking, it, like, it's my first year, it was fucking hard because like I was at a year clean at this point and like, like not wanting to use got easier for me, but staying in recovery didn't, you know, like my sponsor and like my sponsor brothers, like they were all there for me. But like, even though I was clean, like I was going through a really difficult time and, um, I'm just still in Florida. I have, um, about three years clean and, um, like narcotics anonymous really just saved my life. That is something that is very precious to my heart. And when you say you're clean, you know, clean means something different for everyone, depending on their substance of choice. What does clean mean for you? Well, it's crazy because down here people are like, yeah, I'm Cali clean. What the fuck does that mean? That means like, (laughs) I know, right? It's like, because there's like these half, you know, it it just basically means like you smoke weed, (laughs) but you don't do your drug of choice. So you're quote unquote clean. Well, uh, a lot of us here in British Columbia, Canada are Cali clean. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not on any, uh, you know, I don't smoke weed. I don't do any of that anymore. Just because it just takes that one person to be there. But, oh, I got some Coke. Like, you want to, you know, you want to bump or, you know, like whatever. Like, and then it's like, if you don't have a solid program, you're just, you're beat. Cause you're like, oh, one's not going to help. And one's not going to um, hurt me. And then you're just off to the races again and it's nice today because like i don't it doesn't matter what the fuck i'm going through today like using isn't my solution to my problem anymore you know it may it'll make things 10 times worse you kind of alluded to it earlier that we don't really get addicted to drugs and alcohol we get addicted to escaping yeah exactly and i didn't realize that till i got clean you know and, you know, it took a lot of, you know, sessions with my therapist and groups to understand that. And I'm just real grateful today um, to have the support in my life. And and know what else is beautiful is, like, the relationships that I have back with, like, my family. My mom can actually sleep well at night now knowing that I'm not, there's not a possibility of like, getting her getting a phone call that I'm just dead on the street somewhere, you know? Don't get me wrong. It's a fucking battle every single day. You know, like some days are just easier than others. And, you know, like when I 
you know, just getting clean, like, that's, like, the start of it. Like, that's, like, like kind of, like, the easy part. You know, like, for me, it was, like, the easier part. And now, like, you know, and today, like, the person I want to be isn't a fucking drug addict. I mean, I'm always going to be an addict. But, you know, like, the person I want to be isn't, you know, doing dope. And it just... That's kind of like my backbone, and I don't, I don't forget about the pain that I went through, the pain that I went, like that I went through, but more importantly, the pain that I caused everyone. And um, one of the nicest things, or nice, you know, the, the more nice thing in in recovery is like being able to make genuine friends. You know, it's like I didn't, I didn't even realize what a friend was till I got clean, really. Cause I was using most of my life, but like now that I'm clean, like I have people in my life that don't want nothing from me. You know, they just want to know if I'm all right. You know, we have like an actual connection. There is, we built trust. Like it's, it's pretty incredible really. Um, you know, living in Florida is kind of crazy because like, you know, everywhere you go, people are like, you party, you want some, you know, like people are in your face, you know, and it's, I, you know, when that happens, I don't even, like, I don't even look at them. I just fucking keep on walking. Because the moment I fucking start engaging with them, like, that's when, like, my addictive, my, uh, my disease will take over. And I'll be like, well, maybe I can get away with it. And maybe no one will know. But, like, I'm just hyper aware and super vigilant of, like, my thoughts and my feelings. But I still have days when I'm, like, I'm not feeling myself. My disease will tell me I'm not shit. Like, I, I'm not shit. Like, you know, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, so when that starts happening, like, I'll catch myself on, like, these fucking apps. Like, these dating apps or hookup apps, whatever. I'll start, I'll catch myself on these apps trying to, like, fish for praise or, um, you know, where where I'm seeking, like, some type of validation. And it's, like, you know, that's just as bad as the thought of using for me because, like, I'm not feeling good about myself, so I try to seek outside gratification. Uh, and so, like, most of the time, like, when I'm when I'm feeling or, like, I, I, I just, I'll catch myself before I'm doing some dumbass shit and I'm able to just call my sponsor or step back and just... um and just be, uh, I can just step back and just uh, like kind of understand that these thoughts are just just thoughts. You know, like I don't need to act on them. And um, it's a fucking never-ending battle. You know, some days are just easier than others. But um, yeah, like I, if I'm not super aware of like my thoughts and what's going on in my head, like it's dangerous. And I, I. I love meetings, so I'm I'm going to at least one meeting a day. If something's bothering me, like I share about it, because if I keep it, if I keep it to myself, it's not good. And then it you know it just goes back to the obsession and the, the compulsion. Like as soon as I'm obsessing about something, I can't let it go. And in being around a lot of addicts, you see that you know the relapse. You know it. it people just don't decide like oh i'm gonna go relapse like they they think about it in their head they obsess over it, and they, like they relapse in their head before they act on it really 
Yeah, it's almost like sometimes that decision, that decision just to use makes us feel better. We haven't even had the substance yet, but as we go buy it or prepare it, that alone can make an addict feel better. Oh, most definitely. It's almost like this relief comes off, comes over you and you're like, oh, you're like, oh shit, okay, I'm good, I'm all right. But dude, one of the, the things that I that I don't miss at all is like having to having to fly like there was this time I flew to um I think it was um Florida uh I think it was Florida for my brother's wedding and like I had planned it out. I had like at this point I was doing pills so like I had I made sure I had like X amount of pills just to get through the whole trip, right? And I brought one suboxone and um or one uh it might have been subutex or whatever. But um so I'm I'm like, all right, I do I do the last little bit because I'm about to hop on the plane to go home, but the the plane gets fucking delayed, and I'm like, oh shit, it gets delayed for like three hours, and then you know you get to a point where you're like not not withdrawing yet, but you start coming down, and like you st- like for me, like I was like you get like to start this panicking feeling, and you start to panic because you're like, oh my god, I'm about to be sick, like what the fuck's about, you know, like. You just start to freak the fuck out, and dude, like the the shit that I was using, the pills that I was using is called Opana. It's like a painkiller for like cancer patients, and you know this withdrawal is like worse than dope. And you just, you're just, dude, it was like literally the worst experience in my life going through all that pain. Like I'm like sitting on this little ass plane, about to shit myself. I'm sweating. Like people are staring at. Like dude, I just, I I hold all that like the the bad experiences and the pain close to my heart because I need to remember how bad it gets. Like, I have to remember how bad it gets or I'll just I I'm, I might just fall back into that. Now because in the past your workplace and your coworkers had some similar issues to the ones that you had and that created some issues for you, what type of work do you do now? Uh, so right now I am managing, I'm like the a house manager for a halfway house. Um, so I'm around and I was, I, I own my own pressure washing company, um, right now, but early recovery, like I was, I was working in treatment. I was working in detox. I was, I wanted to be around all that. Just help me remember how broken I was. Um, you know, and I think that's a big part of like what got me through it. Just like, you know, like seeing how broken people come in and like remembering how broken I was. Um, but t- you know, today it's fucking, it's good. You know, I thank God, like the people that, the people that live at this halfway house that I manage, like they actually like want to stay clean. I'm around people that want to stay clean and it, it's gotten easier for me. Um, and you know, I, I just, I rely on my foundation. Like before I do anything drastic or like anything important in my life, I call my sponsor. I call five other addicts. I I talk about it. You know, I don't, my decision-making, you know, brought me to my knees really. So I, I just bounce ideas and my thoughts off people at like all times. 
Um, I have sponsees. Like I, I personally, you know, think working the steps of either either of the, um, you know, AA or NA. Like I think it's it's good for people. Like I, I was hung up on the fucking the whole God part, and you know, I was never religious, you know, but you know, realizing that you can believe in, you know, a, a quote unquote God of your own understanding. And, you know, you just, if you believe that there's something greater than yourself, then you're good. You know, you can't think you're your own God. Cause at one point I did, but, um, you know, so I rely on God a lot, quote unquote God, you know, my higher power. Um, I pray a lot. I, I, I live a simple life now, you know, I, and it's crazy because I was so, I was also addicted to the chaos, the fucking, the always doing some shit, you know? And today, like, I'll, I'll get like little spurts of like feeling like some type of boredom, but it's not boredom these days. Like, I'm just, I'm at peace. Like, I don't have to be doing something constantly. Like, I can just, sit there and be at peace like it's not boredom if you know what i mean um so i just i just try to stay um you know very humble i i stick to my basics um and dude like life is really good today that's awesome to hear and you kind of just answered this question or maybe you didn't but what made you want to make this phone call today i I just wanted it to be super raw and, um, you know, I just, I, I imagine, you know, it might help someone or, you know, someone might hear it that they have like some type of like same feelings and, you know, could relate. I didn't really have any thought, um, to it. You know, I seen your message, I, I seen your post and I just instantly was like, I'll do it. Like there was no really thought to it. Like, I, I do a lot of service, um, in NA and I, um, I think me talking about it almost helps myself, um, as long, uh, as well as other people. So I, I think that was the main reason why I really wanted to do it just to, to feel those, um, feelings again and just like really just be raw with you. Well, I'm really glad you did. It's not always an easy thing to do. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate your your time. It feels like drugs are maybe the most effective way to escape unwanted feelings on a short-term basis. And it's not just addicts who know this. Obviously, every doctor and pharmacist knows this. So if someone's going to stop using drugs to escape reality, really their reality has to change. Or at least the way they perceive that reality. If that doesn't change, it's possible nothing will. Once again, I'm Quick Nick. Thanks for listening. And by the way, remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Unless it's a shitty one. If you want to anonymously tell your story about addiction, find Addicts in the Dark on Instagram.